Hello, and welcome to My Little House of Prayer. I am your host, Dayla Smith. I'm so very glad that you could join me today. Let's open in prayer. Father, I thank you right now that we can come together just to learn more about you, Father God, as a group. Father God, because nobody has the answer, all the answer. We're all puzzle pieces that you fit beautifully together to make a beautiful picture, Father God. Let the, let the words of my lips be your words, Lord, not mine. And I thank you for it right now. In the name of Christ Jesus, amen. I'm so very excited over the great things the Lord is doing today. Here is the schedule and info of the itinerary for my little house of prayer. The podcast and blog will be up on Tuesdays. Podcast is located on Podbean, FM Player, and iHeartRadio under My Little House of Prayer. The blog will also be up on Tuesday. The link to the blog is H O. P U N D E R T H E B L O O D. It should spell in all one word hop under the blood dot blogspot dot com. YouTube will be up on Thursdays. You can find it under My Little House of Prayer. Bible study is live on Facebook and will go live at 6.30 p.m. The page is under the title, My Little House of Prayer. I would greatly love to hear your input, thoughts, and ideas. This can only be done by commenting below, private messaging me, or you can email me at my number one little AFMP at AOL.com Also, feel free to share, follow, and like. If you like the site on YouTube, feel free to subscribe to the site. So, now, without further ado, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, and have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and though I give my body to be burned, have not love, it profiteth me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked. Thinketh no evil. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. 
for we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, I understood as a child, I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. And now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. And now about a faith, hope, love, these three. But the greatest of these is charity. We are still looking at this chapter in detail. Why? To learn how to walk in unison with the Lord. How to see our world through His eyes. To be able to discern how to be a conduit in the Father's hand to change someone else's life like He has done for each and every one of us. Let's look at Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of the tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not either eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Why would I choose this passage of scripture? Because in verse 5 of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, it says, Love thinks no evil. In other words, love does not focus on evil. So let's look at the word evil for a minute. In the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, the word evil in Greek means worthless, depraved, dangerous, bad, harm, ill, noisome or wicked, hurtful, diseased, vicious, mischief, malice, grievous, harm, lewd or malicious. In the Webster Dictionary, it means wicked, causing or threatening distress or harm, a sin. I want to look at this conversation Eve has with the serpent. She's walking in the garden. I think she must have been near the trees that were forbidden to eat from. The serpent was moving around seeking whom he may devour. He sees Eve, then decides to plant his malicious, wicked fit in whatever definition of evil in this verse of you like into her thoughts. He got her to focus on his lies instead of what the Lord had told him. He played coy with her. He gets her to question the Lord's divine headship over them. 
He creates distrust to the Lord's concern for her and Adam. He kept weaving lies into her will until she acted out her thoughts that the Lord was not a just judge. To get them both to come out of the Lord's covering, what ultimately happened next was such a travesty to all mankind. That one serious mistake has had its effects on all of mankind for generations. We like to place our focus on just Eve. Why? Because the Lord had created her to be a spiritual fence of protection for Adam. But we can't just look at Adam, the head, her protector and leader either. They both fought the lie. They both sold their deeds. And in the end, were cast out of the garden. Sin will take us further than we want to go, keep us longer than we want to stay, and make us pay more, way more than we want to pay. When we look at our culture today, things are no different than they were in the Garden of Eden when the serpent paid them a visit. It's still the same game plan, just a different gown. Keep in mind, the enemy has had enough time to study us and learn what makes us tick, what buttons to push, what to send to set off triggers of sin. The Lord is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He changes not. He is a man of his word, and his word never returns to him void. If he says it, it is already done. So with this in mind, this begs the question, what and where is our focus? That fruit on the tree of knowledge of good and evil sure looked appetizing. It says so right here in Genesis 3.6. She saw that it was good for food. Flesh does not like or trust authority. It never likes being told no. But if we stop and really think about it, those in authority have the experience of what does and does not work. If they are in our lives, they are there to defend and protect us. Now, am I saying for us to place our focus and trust in man? Absolutely not. All of creation is finite, imperfect, but the Lord is perfect. We are to put all of our trust and focus on Him. That is why we are to pray for everyone in a position of leadership. Do you see how undone the world as a whole has become? Even nature is so very angry. Just yesterday it was on national news that a pot of orcas were attacking a boat that injured one of them. Look at the riots all over the world. Even science has gone out of control. As long as we sit on our blessed assurance, remain quiet, and do not stand in our place as it says in Second Chronicles 7.14. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, and will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. Land here means nation. I don't know about you, but our world needs the balm of Gilead, the son of righteousness, with healing in his wings. It is just so angry, and that anger is screaming out for revenge. We must be the opposite. We must walk in faith. 
He is where our focus needs to be. Then everything will fall into place. There are a lot of us fighting with anger issues. I have learned through experience that these anger issues can stem from emotionally charged memories. Is this making any sense to anyone? You see, the first thought or idea that has been the place where our anger comes from is where the root of the problem lies. This is because we have made a choice to focus on that thought or idea. As we place our focus on a particular thought or idea, we can choose to make that thought or idea Lord or look to the Lord to be the problem solver concerning it. We can choose either to overcome it or be defeated by it. It's our choice. Joshua 24, 14-15 Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Please look at verse 14. Fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. Now let's look at John 4.24. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Isn't this interesting? These two scriptures sound exactly alike. That is because they are exactly alike. Notice that this is located in the Old and New Testament. Isn't this powerful? Even about where we are to place our focus, if we truly want to be overcomers in today's society, what are we worshiping? Our evil thoughts are or His righteousness. Trying to get even with anyone and everyone who hurts you or is going to hurt you. You see, our self-preservation really lies in the Father's hands. If He is the author of life, our Creator, a man of His word, then why would He do anything else but ultimately ordering our outcome in our favor? All over the Bible he says that he is the author of life and blessing. Why would he be anything else? It is our thought life and behavior that decides that he is a curse to us. Adam and Eve made the mistake of making that decision in the Garden of Eden. You see, they never took into account who they were talking to. God's word never said that any other animal in the garden spoke just the snake. So if animals weren't talking, who was making the serpent talk? What was he saying? His end game was given away by his questions, but we are all guilty of this, not really noticing who was behind the evil towards you, not taking into account the end game of that evil interaction. 
And how do we overcome this trap and lie of the enemy? Romans 12, 17 through 21 says, Recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink, for in so doing thou shalt heap coals on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Yes, this is easier said than done, I know. This is why it takes prayer and faith for us to accomplish this feat. By getting in his word and allowing him to encourage us as we let his word take root in our thought life. Not the evil questions and thoughts of Satan. The only question that gives us the victory if we choose righteously is this. Who is Lord over your life? You know, Joshua asked, and I read it already, that choose you this day who you will serve. If you do not know the Lord Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, let me introduce you to him. It is really simple. First, you must acknowledge that you are a sinner in need of a Savior. According to the mirror of the law of the Lord, ask Him for His forgiveness. Then forgive those who have sinned or transgressed against you. Then repent. Repent means to change your mind concerning sinful habits. Change your choice-making decisions. Let Him influence your choice-making decisions. As you get in his holy word. Ask him to be Lord over your life. I want to pray this prayer with you. But this is just the beginning. This is just an outline. The real work begins after I pray with you. Because it is a very personal walk. With the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord Jesus. I confess my sins. And ask for your forgiveness. Please come into my heart. As my Lord and Savior. Take complete control of my life. And help me to walk in the, your footsteps daily. By the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you Lord for saving me. And for answering my prayer. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, Amen. If you have made the decision to give your life to Jesus, let me be the one of the first to welcome you to the body of Christ. All of heaven is greatly rejoicing over your decision today. Please let me know of your decision today. I want to pray for you. If this message has brought up any questions, or spoke to you in some way. Or if you have any prayer requests. Please let me know by commenting below. Private messaging me. Or you can email me at. My number one. Little AFMP. At AOL.com 
I would greatly love to hear from you. Remember, I love you with the love of the Lord, but Jesus will always love you more. Let's close in prayer. Father, help us to hide this word in our hearts that we might not sin against you. Help us gain control over our thought life, what we think on, what we allow in our minds, Father God. In Jesus Christ of Nazareth's name, amen.